0: As the wickedness of this world increases, as the wickedness in churches increases, as idols are set up in churches, we know with the increase of wickedness in both the churches and the world, we are getting much closer to the return of Jesus. And you say, oh boy, yay! But are you ready? For when Jesus returns, he's going to take out the church who is ready. The question is, are you really ready? The Apostle Paul, a Peter, tells us how to be ready for the return of Jesus. In Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14, Peter says, Wherefore, beloved, Seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Are you living at this moment in peace without spot and blameless? Is it your goal to live every day in peace without spot and blameless? Today we're going to discuss the subject of living in peace in the midst of a world that is very wicked. In peace. We keep ourselves in peace through prayer to God. Every time we are disturbed by anything or anyone, we need to learn to stop and say, God help me with this In Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 the apostle Paul says Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God Now Paul didn't just say be care, be careful for nothing He didn't say ignore the problem. He said pray over the problem. Pray over that thing or person who is disturbing you. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus so this is the thing we have to do we connect with God as we pray not as you make someone else it's not a matter of sending your prayer request to somebody else, you pray you connect to God through prayer they cannot connect you to God through their prayer, you pray And we are told if we pray according to the will of God, that prayer will be answered. And none of us know the will of God for you. You're the one who should seek God for the will of God to pray according to faith and believing that you are walking in the will of God. I have a house in Texas that we have up for sale I lived there before I moved to Colorado. The house has not sold. It's been one year, and the house still hasn't sold. Is it the will of God for the house to sell? Do I believe it's the will of God for the house to sell? And what do I base my belief upon? It's a very simple matter. I had an accident. December 6th, 2018, when the ambulance workers rolled me past the front door of that house in Texas. I clearly heard, you will never see this house again. I spent two and a half months in rehab hospitals after surgery. I moved directly from the rehab hospital to Colorado, Colorado. Where I live now, and I never saw that house again. Now, what do I need with a vacant house sitting in Texas? I don't need a vacant house sitting in Texas if I'm not going to see it again. Therefore, I have faith to pray that the house will sell. So, we base our faith on something that God has given us that shows us we are going in the way and the will of God. As we pray. That's very important. That scripture on praying according to the will of God is in 1 John chapter 5. If we pray according to his will, if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if he hears us, we have that which we have asked of him. So first you have to pray according to the will of God. But certainly if you're disturbed over anything, like say you have an appointment coming up three months down the road and you dread it, this is the time to pray. For you cannot be at peace when you are dreading something. So you turn to God and you say, oh, please help me with this. I really dread this appointment. Show me why I dread it so much. Please help me to see if I need to change doctors or maybe I need to do something different. Basically, we take action today and we pray concerning tomorrow. I can tell you that I do not have anything scheduled for the coming months or weeks that I dread. There was a woman who used to come to my house and cut my toenails, but I really dreaded that. The procedure she used actually hurt me. She used some type of electric device that cut the toenail too low, and it really hurt my foot. But that's not the real reason that I don't have the woman coming. She disturbed me spiritually. She disturbed me with the questions she wanted to ask me. She had some type of thing in her heart against her father, who was Pentecostal. And she seemed to be wanting to prove his doctrine to be wrong, But she didn't want to prove it by looking it up in the Bible and turning to God. She wanted to prove it by asking people like me. What she should have done is by this doctrine that she thought was wrong is to pray for God to open her eyes and let her see whether or not the doctrine was wrong. And then she should have read the New Testament and she could approve the doctrine. But instead she wanted to ask people like me. It just doesn't work that way. Plus, if, there's, if you're in envy and strife, you're living in confusion and every evil work. That's in James 3. Where there's envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. So first, before you're going to learn anything, you really need to get rid of the envy and strife that's in your heart. How do you do that? Well, you ask God to help you. Please remove this envy and strife from my heart. David prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's uh, Psalm 51, verse 10. So often we have to do things like that to keep ourselves. But suppose you are in a state of envy and strife and trying to prove somebody wrong and Jesus returns at that split second. You're not in a state of peace. I don't believe you'll be removed from the earth if that's the case. I think you will get to go through the Great Tribulation. And I think I would get to go through the Great Tribulation. Therefore, it is critical That we keep ourselves all day long, every day, in a state of peace. And we can only do that through prayer, by praying over everything that troubles us. So, reading once again this instruction in Philippians chapter 4 Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I have a Church of Christ cousin who's probably about 97 right now. And last few times I've talked to her, she's told me the exact same thing. She said, I do real well during the day, but at evening I get so lonely. Her husband died 10 years ago. And every time I've told her the same thing. Well, when you start to get lonely, call on God. He'll help you. She doesn't do that because the next time she has written to me, she said the exact same thing. I do very well during the day, but in the evenings I get so lonely. After two or three, uh, let's see, I think it says two or three admonitions, then just reject them. If you warn them two or three times to do something godly, and they fail to do it, and they tell you the same thing the next time you see them, you may as well forget that. Just leave them alone. That is a scripture. Titus chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. A man that is an heretic. Now, a heretic is someone who just will not submit to the power of truth of the scriptures when you share scriptures with that person. A man that is an heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject. Knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. They condemn themselves by their own words when they speak to us because, in the case of my cousin, she just is not praying. She's not trusting in God and calling on God when she's lonely. And she condemns herself by not doing the word of God. So there's no reason for me to continue to be upset over my cousin or to continue to try to instruct her, all it will do is pull me down. So in Titus three ten and 11, we're told a man that is an heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. We do this to free ourselves. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. We can get disturbed very easily, and often do. And we can try to figure out the situation ourselves and fail, But when we turn to God in the midst of it and say, please help me, please settle me on this matter, please help me, I have found instantly God helps me. There are some times I try to wrestle with the situation and figure it out, and then I come to my senses and say, wait a minute, by trying to figure it out, I'm just getting more confused. And I just stop and say, God, you're going to have to settle this for me. I can't go forward until this is settled. Please show me the truth. Please help me. Do you think that's a prayer according to the will of God? Please show me the truth. Please help me. Of course it is. How can you fail praying that from your heart? You can't. In First Thessalonians 5, verse 17, the Apostle Paul said, Pray without ceasing. Most of the time when I wake up, I find I'm talking to God. As I go through the house, I'm often talking to God. When someone's talking to me, I'm frequently talking to God. God knows everything we need. He knows the future. He's able to provide for us, whereas humans are not. For the most part, humans don't know the future, and many times they're not even able to help you even when you've got a problem. So it's really God that we have to turn to. It's hard for us to do that because God is a spirit, and we have flesh around the spirit so our flesh gets in the way there will be thoughts like well how can i how can god reach me even if i talk to him about the problem how can he reach me in a way that i can understand all of these things have to be done by faith and usually i come to my senses by thinking now wait a minute god created the heavens and the earth surely he can reach me With information that I need. So I can reason it that way. I can also look at scripture. Which shows me he will reach me. James 1.5. If any man lacks wisdom. Let him ask of God. Who giveth to all liberally. And it not. And it shall be given him. So if you lack wisdom. Ask God. And depend on him to get it to you in whichever way he chooses, he can make us understand. So we can encourage ourselves in the scriptures that way. But we have to live in peace. For if Jesus returns and we are not in a state of peace, we might be left on this earth to go through the great tribulation And none of us want to do that if we know what the Great Tribulation is. I know some of the elect of God will be on the earth for the Great Tribulation. How do I know this? Because there's a passage of Scripture where Jesus says, if the time is not shortened, even the the elect would not be saved, but for the elects, sake, the time will be shortened. I believe that's in Matthew 24. Therefore, I know there will be some of the elect on this earth during the Great Tribulation. I don't want to be one of them. Therefore, I do work very hard to keep myself in peace constantly And to keep myself without spot and without blemish. Now tomorrow, I'm going to talk to you about keeping yourself without spot and without blemish. But today, we need to spend the time on this subject of keeping ourselves in peace. For most people are concerned about something that's coming up down the road. They have a concern that such and such might happen. And it might cause them trouble. You need to be praying about that concern right now. Taking it to God in prayer. I'm concerned about this. I think most of us know to pray over dental appointments and things like that. I always pray over my dental appointments. But we need to pray over everything. Every concern, every fear, every dread, everything that frightens us. I'm often frightened by things of this world. I have to stop and take each one of them to God and say, this frightens me. What about this? And sometimes you can request. You can make a request to God of what you would like to have happen. Other times you can just say, I'm afraid, help me. But we must do something. We can't bury the fear. And we can't bury the dread, for it'll just pop up again and frighten us again. Money is one of the main concerns that people have. What about this, Lord? Do I need to cut back in some way? What do I need to do? Is there a problem for future? Do I have a problem? If so, please show me what to do about it. Rest in Him. Jesus says, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be closed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What do you want me to do about this? Praying to God. Another thing on seek ye first the kingdom of God is to focus on the scriptures that have been called to your attention by the Holy Spirit. And keep those scriptures in front of you. Or if you've been given a dream Keep that dream in front of you to encourage you to continue to do the instruction in the dream. In January uh, 2020, Pam Padgett, who works with me, was awakened one morning with the word podcast. When she told me about podcast, I had been praying about going back on radio. And when she told me what a podcast is, I thought, that sounds good. So I encouraged Pam to look into it and see how we do that. Well, we bought recording equipment, and I've been making these recordings. But God confirmed that word podcast to me through a dream, which I had in early February 2020. In the dream, I opened my front door, and there were kittens everywhere, Kittens on the left side of the door, kittens on the right side of the door. They were white kittens except for one, and it had a little tinge of yellow in its fur. But they were starving. They were just lying there starving. And then I went in my garage, and kittens were in my garage. And in the dream, even I was saying, How can I take care of all these kittens? The next day, I remembered the dream, and I turned to God and I said, What is this dream about all these kittens? How can I take care of these kittens? And I realized it was the church. They're starving to death. These are people in the church. They need the information that God has given me. So to share the information on the podcast as well as our blog, So when you have a dream, you might need to keep that in front of you to encourage you to keep doing the work. And certainly a scripture. God might give you a scripture to encourage you. There are two scriptures that have encouraged me for more than 40 years to keep exhorting the church. One of them is in Hebrews chapter 3, which says, "...exhort one another daily." In Hebrews chapter 10, it says exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We have a blog where I exhort the church. We have books that are published on Amazon, which I exhort the church. Now we have the podcast, which I exhort the church. But as you do the work of God, sometimes you think, oh, I'm so tired or you think nobody's listening to this which of course isn't true, but the thought comes to discourage you, to get you not to do it. But Or there, it comes, you're talking too much, you're writing too much, you're saying too much. Too many exhortations. But what did Hebrews 10 say? Exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So you have to say, no, that thought is not true because God says exhort one another even more as we see the return of Jesus approaching. Even more. Therefore, you choose to follow what God says rather than to give in to that thought and cut back on what you're writing. And that keeps you going. You anchor yourself in the words that have been given you by the Spirit of God and the dreams that Encourage you to do whatever it is God wants you to do. And that's how we keep going. In Luke 21, concerning the end times, Jesus says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. That means overindulgence. You can do too much TV, too much shopping, too much visiting, too much of anything. If your heart is overcharged with surfeiting, if you're just overindulging, you may get sluggish toward the Word of God. And He says, just take heed lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life and so that day come upon you unawares. Uh, We had a woman in our church group, she's no longer in our church group, but she was in it for 39 years and she began telling me that she found when she was trying to read the blog or scriptures, that she just wanted to hurry through it and get on to something more exciting. She must not have been reading in the Old Testament at the time because I can tell you, this Old Testament, these examples in the Old Testament just make your hair stand on end. I don't see how any movie or television show could be more exciting than the examples given in the Old Testament. But she let herself drift away. And I would suspect it was by overindulgence in television. For she got to the point, at first she was really interested in talking about things of God. Then later through the years, I noticed a change in her. When I would call her and talk with her, she wasn't interested in things of God. She just got dead silent and drifted away. But the minute I talked to her about a television show... She brightened up and started participating in the conversation. I knew that was where her interest was. So take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so let day of the Lord come upon you unawares. For as a snare Shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth? Watch ye therefore. Watch yourself. It's not watching the daily news. It's watching what you are doing. Watching the fear, the dread that comes into your heart. Taking care of if you're offended by somebody. Take that to God quickly and get him to settle it. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Take care of the problem with God. So he, Jesus says, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. Now Jesus is not saying pray to be accounted worthy. He is praying so that the prayer itself makes you worthy to escape. Settling things with God is the thing that makes us worthy to escape. So he says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and stand before the Son of Man. Every scripture I have spoken today is printed for you on our blog. If you will go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the home page, you'll see the word podcast on the right-hand side. Click on that link. It will take you to the exact message that I have spoken today. This message is entitled, Prayer, Getting Ourselves Ready for the Return of Jesus. Every scripture will be printed for you, so you can print out these scriptures and look at them making it even more solid for your life to enable you to do these things in your life. That's how we build a deep root system is thinking on the Word of God day and night so that we can do the Word of God. Once again, that blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. This is Joan Boney. Thank you for letting me speak with you today. Tomorrow, I'll be speaking to you about keeping ourselves free from spots and blameless. So we'll be ready for the return of Jesus.